0: You're listening to Cofield and Company Friday, with Steve Cofield Friday, and Adam Friday, Hill Friday, live from NBA Summer League Friday, at the Thomas Friday, and Max on ESPN, Friday, Las Vegas. Friday,
1: down on yeah! All right, I don't want to scare this old lady walking by at the Thomas and Max. She had a full whole plate of food that would have been a disaster it's Cofield and company we are all set up at the NBA Summer League we'll be here next week as well for a few shows but on the opening day we are here all the uh, big new stars of the NBA and some holdovers who've been at the Summer League before they're here as well some locals are here so we'll uh, work with the vast guest booking crew on getting some of the locals on He's mentioned He's uh, Adam Hill is here by the way and Devon is back in our Finley Toyota Studios James is helping out I know a busy day today, sold out. Um, for me, walking in, and I know you too, I forget sometimes how big the summer league is. Because I actually, I think I was off last year during this week, so I wasn't out here. And this is no shot at UNLV basketball, but the, the attendance just hasn't been that good. And when you walk into the Thomas and Mac, and you have a really big crowd, I was looking at the lower bowl, and I'm like, holy crap, it's you know, 2.30 in the afternoon. The primetime stuff is coming up later on. Yeah and there's ten thousand plus in the building now and these tickets are impossible to get for opening day we've got wemby we've got uh brandon miller who is a, just a gunner uh we've got whoa scoot henderson i went full malika andrews there yeah, that's good. Uh, for Damon. um we got scoot playing so it's a slamming day right out of the gates and this is folks who haven't been here this is such a monster event and i've done the same spiel now for like 19 or 20 years this event is one of the coolest that we have all year long. They keep adding elements to it, like NBA Con, but it is now a world basketball convention right here in Vegas. Yes, the games are worth the price of admission, but the sightseeing, and Adam knows what I mean by the sightseeing, the sightseeing is probably worth the same, like beyond your price, your get in price, because everyone from basketball. It's here. It's a little more of a chill atmosphere as opposed to the intensity of the NBA regular season and the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, the basketball world kind of chills out, gets ready for the future, and plays pretty good basketball here all the way through the 17th. And tickets are available at UNLVtickets.com. The uh, concession stands are, uh, are jamming. Uh, we're set up right by the Strip View uh, Pavilion. So you got a beer stand there. Of course, we're always set up down by the... Uh, the the whiskey bar, down a ways. I'm trying to figure out where the hell I am right now. Uh, so well, we're by 234, 233. Normally, I think we're over at 216. Is that the opposite side of the building? Yeah, yeah, it is. I know you're very familiar with the building because you had. What was your story about not being able to get in? Oh, it, it, yeah. It was, <laughs> was, was that a for UNOV
0: game? It was a or another V-game. event. I was like, how
1: could you not get in? Was you have you know, been v- coming here for 25 years.
2: But we were way too early, yeah. and so nothing. No, 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 the doors were open. It was a, it was a mess. But yeah, they, look, you, might, you said as soon as you walk in, you realize how big it is as soon as you try to park you realize how big it is the parking lots full and it's you know hours before you know the the most anticipated game of the day but it's really every game i mean you talk about just throughout the day everybody talks about that big matchup but right now you've got your know, julian strother point local you know obviously a, uh, a a guy who played at a very very high level in college at gonzaga and now he's playing in the league, and I think he's playing against Drew Timmy right yeah, now. What it's about your guy Bay. Drew Timmy? You love him, yeah. So I mean, do I, you? I don't. No,
1: but actually, I, mean, I do like his game a lot, and I think he's going to be a solid NBA player. And I think that's a that'll be one of the stories we we'll probably talk about next week. Um, it was, I thought, I was thinking of this as I was sitting courtside at Gonzaga and UConn, right? Because yeah. I was there for Gonzaga and UCLA. That was a Strother bomb that he hit in the final seconds. But Timmy was so good at times. Then he got kind of eaten alive by the officials. And when he was in there against Sunogo, Sunogo kind of beat him up pretty good. And as I'm watching, I'm like, I wonder if Sunogo is going to go pro. Because he ain't going to get drafted. This 6'9", 260 guy who is crushing people in college basketball, should he go? And then what happened? Both went undrafted. Yeah. Like the – I won't even say the plight of the big man because I don't think it's as bad as the running back in the National Football League. Because I still think there is room for it to turn back with the big man. But right now we're in this weird period, like the running back, right? Like Every year we go into the draft, and B. John Robinson got drafted, and all of us were like, (laughs) now this year he may go out and rush for 1,600 yards. Yeah, but that's not the point. And and it might work for three or four years, but you know what also works in the NFL? A fourth-round pick at running back. And right now they're looking at big men, and they want – you know, euros and international draft and stash developmental guys. Uh, the 22 or 23 year old American big man, pff, they don't want them, uh, so they have to work their way into the league. And this is how they work their way into the league. Their first impressions will be made
2: here. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I've already seen uh, Wemby shirts and Scoot Henderson shirts. Which, by the way, the Scoot shirts are Blazers shirts, which must have just been made. That's awesome. Uh, pretty wild. Uh, but yeah, you're. You're. I mean, you're right. Obviously, this is where you see guys, and this is. One of my favorite things every year for people that haven't been out here is, you sit down, and just kind of you know go to one of the gyms, and that's you know again you can go back and forth between two gyms. There's two games going on at all times. But you go in there and you're like, hey, wait, I know this guy. Oh, I know this guy. I know this guy. It's it's just a college all star game of people that you know and you saw play in college, yeah. that are now maybe two years. Obviously, there's the, the draft picks that are very recognizable, but you know two three years ago, and they're they're still trying to you know work their way in and a lot of them will be in i mean it takes time to develop these guys but i mean from big guys to uh you know all kinds of players are, are in that kind of same situation you just see a, a ton of players that you recognize and you know and, and are trying to work their way in and this is a good place to do it and you'll see a lot of these guys that are playing today and tomorrow and
1: the rest of the week in the nba next year and two years down the road a uh, funny story you know going down in about an hour or so is scoot henderson will be playing portland is taking on houston That is a 4 o'clock local start. It's inside the Thomas & Mac. Uh, If you walk up to the window, right, another day, because right now you can't get tickets unless you go the uh, ticket uh, ticket reseller route. Um, If you walk up to the window and you're like, you know, wow, $45 for the day, you know that is completely worth watching Scoot Henderson play. You could have watched him at the DLC for pennies on the dollar. (laughs) The whole G League Ignite season. Now the competition here is a lot better. But Scoot was in town the whole time. And then, of course, the big cappers tonight – We've got Brandon Miller and Charlotte and San Antonio and uh, Wemby fresh off that assault by some singer uh, lady. We'll get into that later on the update on that. That's a 6 o'clock start. Wemby against Miller. And then uh, i guessing you're staying around later. You're going to be here all day. You, gotta, you have to do a feature on your dubs. I'm going to be here except for UFC tomorrow. I'm going to be here for the next,
2: like, 80, 90 hours. Nice. And then you're out of town. Uh-huh. I'm out of town. And then
1: you go on vacation. Yep. How dare you? I know. Missing the second half of Summer League. Yeah, you got to take it sometime. We, we always joke with Adam Hill, he's a uh, jack of all trades, master. Eh, um, but, like, the football season essentially is the last week of July all the way through what, mid May? Yeah. And then draft, and then OTAs. So you're looking basically at like five weeks off. So you got to take some vacation at some but point. But I, I would have been able they, to. They have to make you at the paper take a vacation. I would
2: have been able to, to between the draft and minicamp, except for the Knights. So I mean, I'm not look. I'm not. Complaining. Oh, that's right.
1: And then the Knights extended yeah. everything and yeah. got the the Stanley Cup. So uh, yeah, yeah, take your. What did you take? Like three days a couple weeks ago, and now you're going to yep. take four days? How dare you? I know. How dare you? Adam Hill, Cofield, James, we're up on the concourse of the Thomas and Mac. You want to come by? Look for us at uh, section 234. I'm um, pretty sure we're locked in to uh, do Cofield and Company next week here on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So at the beginning of the week, I announced, and the beginning of the week for me was right after 4th of July, that, hey, these are the three weeks. Like, while we have the NBA Summer League here, and it's a big deal, these are the developmental guys, these are the first round picks and other draftees. Major League Baseball, this is, it's time. It gets three weeks on the show. Doesn't mean we'll never talk about it, but like every day we put that together the rundown, we're like, I don't know, man. Sorry, but, you know, like the aforementioned B. John Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons are probably bigger than most September baseball stories. That's just the way it is now. College football, and I'm not banging on baseball, and I mentioned the other day, like, you and I love baseball. You know, you and I love, we both played, uh, you know, at a decent level. I wasn't great, but, you know, you were, I, I joke all the time, you know, you were this size, basically a little lighter. Uh what is it now? Twenty nine years ago? Twenty what, what thirty one years ago? You 10, were like ten, twelve you years. You were ago. you were what, six three and like uh, two hundred at twelve? Bigger. What are you bigger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right! So we love baseball. Um Damon tried to drag us into deep waters the other day with that baseball wordle thing. And we, we did that for four minutes. And by the way, we do have to get an update on this, Damon. Did you I found a
2: football one, by the way.
1: Oh you did? Yeah. Did you actually get the nine four nine Baseball Wordle, what's it called? Immaculate something? Immaculate grid, Steve. Okay, immaculate grid. Did you actually nail it? Uh, yesterday's yes.
0: Me too. I'm gonna have to check my photos and get it because I mean the the you dates took just a photo. Run together. Of
2: course, I, like I gotta it. take the screenshot. What were the, what were the categories uh, he yesterday? Doesn't, he doesn't remember.
1: See if oh. I had a, if I had a victory. This these are the kind of things I remember. Like I I forget I, I forget half my equipment for every show. But I would remember a gigantic statistic victory. Here we I go. I, I got the screenshot.
0: I also tweeted it out. Okay. okay. So it was um, going down. It was Tampa Bay, the Phillies, and a Cy Young going across Houston, L.A. Dodgers, in a 200K season. Oh, that's easy. Oh, okay. So you would have had— I'm
1: kidding. I, no, I wouldn't have had it. <laughs> Give me— good. Let's. ahead. Tampa Bay, 200 strikeout, uh, David Price.
0: Yep. 40% of people also guessed him. All you right. All right
1: with I'm sorry what team is it with like
0: uh, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Tampa 200 Bay, the Phillies oh, just Tampa Bay. Yeah. and someone who won a Cy Young in a 200
1: K season He said Tampa Bay and Phillies it's two teams No 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 No, no. no.
0: no the no. the column So Tampa Bay David Price Phillies Oh Tampa- you,
1: there's there's columns you only have to guess one team Yeah one player for for that team. Oh that's why I thought I thought it was so hard oh. oh it's easy Yeah David Price Cole Hamels for the Phillies
0: 200 K season CC Sabathia 200 K And a Cy Young season Cy Young for the Dodgers uh Fernando Venezuela Cy Young for the Astros. Justin Verlander.
1: Did you call him Fernando Venezuela?
0: I'm sorry, I messed up the name. Sorry, I, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I messed <laughs> up the name. I'm sorry. I just,
1: I still feel really weird that the two old guys are not the nerds when we talk about this. You look at how happy you are.
0: Yo, my best one. Look, he keeps going. Was Carlos Pena? So Tampa Bay and Houston. Carlos Pena. Also, Astros and Phillies. Roy Oswald. Come on, man.
2: Good one. I was that dealing.
0: Good. I mean, yeah, Chase Sudley for the Phillies and the Dodgers and Carl Crawford for the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays.
1: The show has grinded to a halt Yes. on that. Phillies and Dodgers, Trey Turner.
0: See? Come on. Adam's getting yeah, into it. I'm
1: I can't in. do this. I'm I can't in. do this. Um, all right, here is today's story for the three weeks of baseball coverage on Cofield and Company. We have more injury news. And all these sports are a war of attrition. And in baseball, Mike Trout has completely changed potentially the trajectory and the future of the Angels with his hammock bone snappage. And this, now one this of the next supr- one, is devastating. one mm-hmm. of the surprise teams in all of baseball. And again, remember I will remind people, regional baseball networks were crashing at the beginning of the season because the carrier, Diamond Sports, said the Diamondbacks and the Reds. We can't make money on them. And then I'll add the addendum, they suck. The organizations don't try. They've been terrible. And both are good this year. And one of the reasons the D-backs are good is because of Corbin Carroll. And now what did he do?
2: He was taking a swing just like Mike Trout was, and his shoulder just looked like it popped out. Now, first updates have been positive that it wasn't that bad, but this was his surgically repaired shoulder. Um, And it did not look good. And I think the first thing I thought of, and I think most people thought of, maybe that followed this closely, I sat two weeks ago, uh, less than two weeks ago, about nine days ago, with a bunch of my friends who are in the sports betting world, screaming at them at how great of a value Ellie De La Cruz was to win the, the Rookie of the Year. Yep. Screaming. Did, now, did I bet it? Of course not. No. And now, all of a sudden, it's wide open. Because Corbin Carroll was like a minus $6 favorite. It yeah. was... Almost like the award had already been given out.
1: As of a couple of days ago, Carroll was minus 650 to win Rookie of the Year. Ellie De La Cruz was plus 550. Matt McLean and Spencer Steer from the Reds were 30 and 50 to 1. I will throw in Andrew Abbott, who if he yeah. pitches like this the rest of the way, he's probably, he he's probably got 15 starts. He won't. Um, he won't. But he's he's 50 to 1. He's I mean, I don't, he probably isn't right now. Yeah. His advance numbers are pretty pretty
2: lucky. All right. Uh, but he's been great, for sure. But Ellie De La Cruz, to me... The value is there, not only because of how he's playing, of course, but the record of that team since he's come up is unbelievable. Yeah. And if they continue to play at this rate, which of course they won't, I mean, that's impossible, but if they run away with the division, like he has to be considered. And now, all of a sudden, the door is wide open.
1: And yeah. I completely missed the opportunity. You know, it's funny, the other day, I think we were talking about Dela Cruz for some reason, it was late, it was last week. No, you know, we were just talking about the Reds in general. And Adam Candy was on, and he mentioned uh, someone who would come up with the Reds and was doing well, and he's like, I don't even know who this guy is. And if I don't know who this guy is on this show, then no one does. And I, I, we were out of time, and I'm like, bro, just because you don't hear this stuff on the air, do you know how many fantasy baseball leagues I'm in? I'm, I'm in a league, and you're in it now too, that, that is, they, dates back to 1989. No, also, also, I, I, can, I can remember drafting Paul Marrick because he had a good spring in whatever, 91 or something. Trust me, I'm in multiple leagues. I know Adam is in multiple leagues. We're well, in Dynasty League. We also deal We're also in Auction League. We, we have deal, minor leaguers.
2: Yeah, we also deal with prospects. And by the way, last year when he was still in the minors, I traded Corbin Carroll
1: to try to compete. You got to do it. I did it. I mean, I finished second, but. I just, I basically, sent, I sent someone an offer today. Not an offer, but hey, here's every minor leaguer I have. If you're looking for young guys, here you go when Candy said it, I was like, wait a second. I wonder if be the careful.
2: Same, I wonder if it's the same person. I just offered all my minor leaguers for a couple no, of Yeah, i sure it was going to be a good competition.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a guy in the our uh, my really old league, which is what? I guess that would be 34 years old now, that uh, has like Pete Alonso and uh, Corbin Burns up for grabs. So I was like, hey, here you yep. go. We, yeah. And I got more. Let's keep going. Yeah. So. That's a dopey league though, because there's a, a lot of guys who are buddies. Yeah, All right. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly from the Thomas and Mack is here. Oh what yeah, a, what a legend. these are my favorite. Okay, so, so I'll tell you a story real quick. Where were we? Were we courtside? Oh, you know what it was? You gave us you gave us a bottle of ginger ale. I'm telling a story, and she doesn't know. Mike, you gave us a bottle of ginger ale. I saved everything. I couldn't drink it. And was it Schweppes? I brought it over to a UNLV basketball game at I think. I think it was uh, Mandalay or something, right? And I had it I had it up on the table, and I guess someone came over because they're like, oh, that's in a TV shot behind the benches, and, uh, you know, that's not the sponsor, Ginger Ale. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so she got us. I'll give the free pop. She got a Shasta. It's the best. Shasta the mini can. It's delicious. I love it. Now I'm ready to go. It's I am fired up. up. All right. Well, there Thank you go. So, you. Some good rookie of the year stories. I do miss the Thomas and Mac. I feel like we haven't been here forever. By the way... Um, I'll have to ask if I have permission on this. Uh, Barry Odom radio show is almost set with all the dates. Got some notes on that. So a lot of UNLV stuff coming up later in the show. A lot of basketball talk. Back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Damon is steering the ship. James is out here. It's Cofield and Adam Hill. We're uh, rocking and rolling, getting ready for day one. As it's already started, tip-offs have already started. Games are going on here at the NBA Summer League.
0: Now back to Cofield and Company with steve cofield
1: and adam hill live from nba summer league, summer league on espn las vegas yep yep day one of the summer league 2023 what are we looking at 1920 years here doing this thing since 2004
2: it's a little bigger than it was then
1: a little bit yeah uh, we had uh, al hall on albert hall a few weeks ago he's one of the organizers of this thing for the last 20 years and he was talking about uh, interactive promotions where, you know, you basically could get, like, free tickets anywhere in town back in 2004. And uh, it, the thing's blown up ever since. Uh, you remember, I think, the biggest year ever. And this, this may match it with Wemby. You know, you've got this unicorn, a seven four seven five playing freaking small forward. Like no one's ever seen a guy like this. I think I thought the biggest year was. I thought Zion was the breakout year. You think? Yeah, that, no. was, that was the year where. No. It you're turned pre- the corner. You're, you're, you are. You are it's, not objective. It's the year where it Don't it turned be the- prejudiced against my family. It's the year where it turned the corner. No, it's not. I
2: think it is. No. With the earthquake. It was. I think it was the first sellout for Zion.
1: Damon, you want to take a guess what I think is the breakout year? The breakout year, the biggest year, the biggest phenomenon. Fans went crazy. I, I know what you're going to say. Well, I want on to try to guess because I talked about it the other day briefly. I probably did it yesterday I talked about my, my other family My second dad Oh, the ball family Yes well, that, <laughs> Dude, that year was crazy There were balsicles. That sounds dirty But people were walking around with popsicle sticks Like the big ones Of the ball family and LeVar The photo ops That was gigantic Zion was gigantic too what
2: was in the, There was an earthquake during the game Oh, that's right. Huge, huge moment. I think most most memorable moment in summer league history.
1: All right. Well, we got Wemby. We got Brandon Miller going out a little later. Scoot Henderson's coming up in about 35 minutes. Again, it's sold out today. I guess if you go a uh, ticket reseller route, you can probably get in, but it's going to cost you a lot. But if you want tickets for, you know, the schedule's out too. A lot of it is. Uh, and then they start to play a tournament towards the middle and the end. Uh, grab your tickets now if you want to see. Like we said, I mean, if you haven't seen Victor Weminyama, Absolute unicorn. I don't even know what to compare him to. Uh, you know, it's to go way back. It would be, you know, Ralph Sampson back in the early '80s was, in college basketball, who who was seven. That's my point. He was seven foot four, and he was so dominant because he was so freaking big and long. And now this guy's playing two guard and small forward.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I think what makes the the unicorn argument of we've seen tall guys before. We've seen big, dominant guys in the center before. We don't see him anymore, really. But we don't see a guy that. Is 7 4. Well, I guess it was 7 3.5 on the measurement. Is that where we landed? Uh, or whatever Whatever it was? Um, who can play point guard?
1: It's wild. It's crazy. What's the rest of my schedule here? Uh, okay. I was looking for someone else. Uh, no home grin. No. Are they playing today? No. Not on the schedule today. No. Coming up. We'll, we'll, uh, I, we'll, look, we'll look up his first game. I actually,
2: as much as you know, we always have the tradition of one versus two now, and we're going to see that tonight, and that's why it's sold out today, uh, I actually think people are more looking forward to Wemby-Scoot rematch, Yeah, which we already saw here in Vegas a couple times, but um, I, I kind of think that's what people are more looking forward to on Sunday. Uh,
1: I mentioned Chet Holmgren. Who's going to have a bigger year, Wemby or Holmgren? Holmgren. Num- Numbers-wise. I
2: think Holmgren. I mean, look, it's, he's technically going to be a rookie, but um, – you know he's had he's had a little bit of time to develop. Uh, I think he looks very different than he did last year, uh, when he already looked pretty ready. Um, and I, I just think there's going to be so much expectation on Wemby. I do think they're going to manage him a lot. I don't I don't think he's going to play, you know, a ton of minutes. And they probably will with Holmgren as well. But um, I, I think Wemby's going to be very very managed as he should be uh, right now, right away off the bat, and it could hold back his numbers. And I think. People that look at it at the end of the year and say, oh, a little bit underwhelming are gonna be probably sadly mistaken when they uh see what you know what develops afterward because I I wouldn't base
1: a whole lot on his numbers this season. Uh biggest event tonight at six o'clock. Is it Wemby and Miller or is it the beginning of power slap three? Uh
2: the first one. I don't think the second one's a real thing.
1: More viewers. All over oh, the world
2: and Wimby. on the web. That's not even close. That's Wemby for sure. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, are you are you counting how many people watch the TikToks in the next? Yeah.
1: The Wolverine the, the
2: against t- against Hints? Yeah. People people will check out the TikToks that result from this uh, quite a bit, and they'll see it on Instagram, and it's promoted, so you're gonna you're gonna see it no matter if you want to or not. Um, UFC has chosen to use Power Slap as a pinned tweet on a week when they have a pay per view card. Yeah. <laughs> There's not nothing to celebrate. It's gross. It's oh, disgusting no. to the fighters. No, to no, the no. fighters who've worked hard Why? in the UFC who also, by the way, get a share of pay-per-view to not use your platform to promote that, but to use it to promote this other thing because you want it to succeed when it's not, when it shouldn't, um, it's gross. It's it's disgusting to treat fighters that way. Did
1: you talk to the UFC fighters and ask them if they're annoyed by more? Oh, yeah, more, I'm sure they're going to promote- speak out
2: about that. Uh, managers have, yes, said off the record they're furious. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Of course. They're devoting resources that, are, that could be used to push fighters that have trained their whole life for this for a vanity project. So, yeah, I, I think it's very safe to say fighters are annoyed by this. Some fighters have tweeted out about it, not UFC fighters. What fighters? Other from other organizations or former UFC fighters that have said, like, what are they doing to these guys? is Nganu striking back? Uh, I, I've not seen him. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's not its not fair to the fighters who have trained their whole life and who have a share of how the pay-per-views do to use that platform to promote something else.
1: Do you think there's going to be crossover at some point where people are like, hey, you know what, UFCs? I actually, you know what, Dana? I know you love slap so much. I'd like to do both. I'd like to get into your good oh, graces. He would love it, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he would love that.
1: Is it dangerous now though, for
2: $2,000? For that's not going to do that? No.
1: Is it dangerous for a UFC fighter to please the boss and then take, you know, 150th of his normally pay, normal payday?
2: Well, sadly, it's not really 150th. Uh, but. No, it, it, well, it's. I was, not worth I was it naming a fighter
1: who makes a hundred thousand. Sure, okay. A UFC fighter makes a hundred thousand for a fight. That's actually kind of a pretty high level fighter. That, yeah, I, that mean, would I be would, a top seventy five fighter. I would it's think it's a top, certain top fifty fighter, certain type of
2: fighter. Like it would be like something that a guy like Donald Cerrone, who went in the Hall of Fame last night, who's retired. Like, that's the kind of person you would think would do
1: it. Hey, why can't some of the strikers do it? They could. Why would you? That actually, there's no motivation to just, money. It's two thousand. dollars You just mentioned Donald Cerrone, who can't fight at a high level in MMA anymore. Right. Go slap. It's $2,000. Why are you laughing, Damon? I think that's an, it's a natural progression to go into power slap at the end of your career to still make a few thousand dollars. And guess what? If enough eyes are driven via social media and to the broadcast, then that person's actually helping all the other slappers.
2: Why do they care about the other slappers? Yeah, what, 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 Well,
0: I mean, it's also
1: a way to make money.
2: Not, It's not. You're old. You can't do MMA anymore. Right. You can. I
1: guarantee you can make an appearance for more than he can make from power slap. That's a guarantee. Okay, what about some of the guys who, I know you love tough. What about some sure. of the guys who haven't been winning on tough?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. They would do it. The paydays are going to go up at some point. At some point. Are they? Nobody's watching. Yes. They're going to go up. They're not. I, it's it's going to explode. I mean, you, they would have to. Yes. At some point, for I mean, just based on minimum wage going up, they'll they'll have to raise power slap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not that
1: bad. <laughs> it it is actually for the hours put in. Yeah, I don't know how many hours do slappers really put in. I can't imagine much Road work? every morning. You get up at yeah. five and, and running your ten miles. A lot of conditioning. You gotta have legs. Yeah, sure. You, you gotta condition a couple months out. You gotta also, have the wind. I I, did,
2: I heard some complaints yesterday too. I <laughs> hate from, it so much. I do hate it, and, and I'll also say this because I've noticed it as well. Uh, somebody somebody checked it out for the first time. They're a media person. They they said to me, "They're like I tried to watch it. Like every slap is a foul." And then they just say foul, and then they move on. And they're like, "They're," and it seems like they're making up the rules as they go, which is true, also. Um, so I think that's an issue. They've they've got to figure that part of it out, but I don't think they want to because I think they want the illegal slaps that cause more damage. They're like oh, illegal, but hey, that guy's knocked out. Fun.
1: I'm on board. Sure, I like it. We're in we're in Vegas in Nevada, man. So there are no rules. I don't. So want is somebody pay, else I on need, the show? I don't need big government. Yeah, somebody else on the show is on board too, and.
2: Very much troubled me to read what he wrote too.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we got to hit that later. I'll. Uh, I'm, it's. Um, I'm assuming it was uh, Willie because I tagged the story. We'll do that in the five o'clock hour. But we got a lot of hoopage to get to. Uh, Damon is back at the studios. We're out here at the Thomas and Mack NBA Summer League. So we were just talking about UFC International Fight Weekend, and the one event I care about is Power Lab Three that's coming up tonight. Uh, the UFC 290 card does have some intrigue at the top of the card. Why?
2: Uh, I mean, I think there's a couple storylines. One being the, the story that I'm writing for today, uh, for tomorrow, is, is about the UFC has been trying to make inroads in terms of, uh, you know, fandom and really developing fighters out of Mexico forever, and they've always believed it's their next big market, and in this case, they've been able to find uh, two fighters, one a champion and Brandon Moreno, one an interim champion Yaya Rodriguez to headline a card, and... I mean yesterday you could tell the Mexican fans were out in full force it was uh, it was pretty wild I think they're gonna be at the event as well. Um, they're fired up and, and I think this is kind of the first time you really start to get that sense. three people hold belts that are that are that were born in Mexico. Um, this is something that has been envisioned for a long time and it's it's really coming to fruition and uh, they're gonna follow it up opening a, a, the third Performance Institute. there's one in Vegas, one in Shanghai China and now Mexico City is opening this year. Uh, and and the, the goal there is to try to develop more fighters uh, coming out of Mexico. And uh, they're also doing their first Mexican Independence Day card here at T-Mobile Arena in two months. So uh, really a, a kind of a, a big turning point moment potentially for Mexican MMA.
1: I know the answer is going to be no because Dana White has mentioned this in the past. Is there any fear on his part of making the sport too international and then having all of his high-level contenders and some champions? International fighters who can't get over with the spoken word with the English-speaking audience in the U.S. We've talked about this before. With the the Brazilian fighters were gigantic for the longest time, and Anderson Silva could speak English but really didn't. I mean, their their efforts to get into you know places like Dagestan and then and there's there's a lot of international fighters now. There are pockets of the world that are producing unreal fighters.
2: Well, did it hurt Anderson Silva?
1: I think it did in a little, you know, a little way. Yeah, I think actually, I think it hurt a lot. He still made a lot of money. He was still extremely popular. But I think he could have been, I don't know, three, four, five times bigger.
2: Sure, but I mean, it didn't hurt them to have him as champion. They grew exponentially while right. he was the biggest star in the, the sport.
1: The key then they had other big stars, and the other thing is he was so freaking dominant. Are a lot of the internet? I mean, Khabib's pretty big. And I then Khabib decided to cut it off before he probably yeah. was going to get to another three years of superstardom.
2: And his English is actually very good, so he was relatable. Although he didn't really, uh, he didn't choose to say that much very often. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's an issue because I think uh, you can continue to uh, to have guys that are champions that uh, are very marketable, very popular, and they don't necessarily have to talk about it. But um, right, if it was every single champion, it might be an issue. But I don't think they're anywhere close to that.
0: Former UNLV quarterback and current
1: voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company. Caleb is up here on a Friday. Damon's back in the studios. It's Cofield. It's Adam Hill. Full house. Full house. Remember to check out at Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas. YouTube. <laughs> I can't even name all the places. We're putting videos up. Uh, we also, Caleb and I, do the UNLV All-Access podcast. So uh, last week's version is up all over the place, so make sure you check that out. Caleb, what's going on, buddy? You uh, fired up for the NBA Summer League. We got scoop coming up here in 15 minutes, uh, who was playing with the Ignite and went to Portland, number three pick, number one and two picks. Wemby and Brandon Miller are up at 6 o'clock, so it's on. NBA Summer League is here.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a pitch. I'm fired up. I saw somewhere that the it sold out with Wemby's debut um, highest ticket sale price for summer league uh history so he's already making some history there um and the spurs i'm sure as a franchise will be enjoying some of those uh lucrative benefits already paying dividends for the nba obviously um but we'll see i'm, I'm excited for it as everybody always is Summer League. i don't know if i'm more excited about that or the sphere honestly like, oh my god honest, the sphere is ridiculous uh but you know it has the nba summer league global on it now it was a giant basketball for a little while <laughs> the other day so i mean why do summer you league think it's rare.
1: ridiculous because i want to hear adam again adam was good and adam doesn't get like excited about a lot of things there's always a but why why do you think it's so cool uh,
3: first of all i didn't know that i didn't i didn't think the realism of the graphics would be as good as they are for such a massive screen like when i think about it like just the, the digital screens being that sharp and precise with the imagery for a sphere I didn't think I would see it like I did, I thought it would be, it'd be cool in theory but not as good as you know practical reality but it actually is very very good in reality um, I think it can only work in Vegas because I don't think anywhere else would be ready for something so strange but Vegas as a community is kind of like built to limit their sales as far as it be an extraction <laughs> because I'm sure a lot of people who are tourists probably are looking at it while they're supposed to be driving uh, we'll see how many uh uh, if there's any traffic accident spikes because the sphere is now up and running, but I think it's cool. I I can't find a flaw with it outside of you know, maybe being a little bit creepy at times. But um, we'll see once people start going in and they have actual shows on the inside. We'll see what it's like on the inside too.
2: Have you have you driven by it or just seen it on like pictures and Instagram and videos and stuff?
3: Uh, so I drove by it once. Uh, I don't know what the, it was like. Some random graphic that was on it, I don't know what it was. I didn't see the flag, I didn't see the pumpkin, which everybody's saying was awesome. The pumpkin was uh, I've only seen pictures of that. Um, but it was like some, like it looked like starry, like uh, I don't know, like blurry stars going around in a circle around it is what I saw live. But everything else I just saw images of like on video on Twitter and social media, but it looks awesome.
2: Yeah, the globe is sick when they do that. That's that's very cool. And I just think the the, the ability to customize in the way that they can, add so much like you know they had the giant basketball for summer league which looked cool and then they had a bunch of bouncing basketballs like like it looked like it was on the inside and then they have certain graphics that make it look like it's moving which is just wild um i and i think the the part and you said you you didn't think it was going to be as sharp and as crisp as it was i obviously didn't either but you just kind of start to imagine like if it's this good on the outside how good is it on the inside
3: that's ryan thing like the image quality on the inside is just going to be next level right like if the outside has that much detail and the completely immersive experience is i i think what's going to really happen on the inside which is cool i'm I'm, an, I'm not a hype man for this fear but i mean i'm excited about it and i could see why other people would be i probably should be like a hype man like give me give me a deal on that we'll work on it but yeah. i think the most impressive thing for me was a jack-o'-lantern because that was like one of those singers like the creativity like you said of what it made you feel like instantly it was like halloween like you just imagine like things like that going on for Halloween or Christmas being a giant ornament for Christmas, just like throwing ideas out there. But like the, it seems like it, it has limitless potential with what they've already shown in such a brief time.
1: Caleb Herring's with us, voice of UNLV football, as the analyst, one of the hosts of the Barry Odom radio show, which by the way, uh, I think we're official, the first show will roll out on August 30th so football is a lot closer than you believe, college football, and then uh, I think August 1st check that fourth is the first day that we can be out there at practice I think the guys and the coaches get going a little bit earlier and by the way we talked to uh, yesterday on the show we talked to Cornell Ford the running backs coach and he gave us a skinny on the holdovers and the whole new crew of running backs with UNLV football um, listen athletes are bred and then made right you can be a great uh, great athlete and have a, a kid who has a lot of ability but you, you got to coach him a little bit as a parent I saw Dwight Howard just riding his kid hard telling them you're not going to quit until I tell you you can stop the kids crying father of the year let's go
3: (laughs) so so I saw the clip I everybody said it was like hard I just (laughs) to me I was like that was that was hard that was harsh parenting I, I mean granted the reaction of the child may have been like you know pretty tough to watch but To me, I think there is a point, there's a level, especially if you're an athlete and you know what it takes to achieve greatness, then you can't help as a parent, but to try to push your kid to get an understanding at least. Um, When they want to embark on an athletic journey, when they want to try to do something with athletics, uh, you want to push them as hard as they can. because. Sometimes the world of sports doesn't really care if you if it hurts or if it's hard for you. So I think it's it's good that some parents realize that and understand it and want to give it to them at home a little bit. I think there is limits to it. I don't think Dwight Howard reached that limit, in my opinion. I think uh, if that was hard, then my upbringing uh, was was just brutal. If that was considered hard. I think you made the the
2: the right point though of if the kid wants to succeed, like. I think that's the question, like when you look at a kid like that, like do they want to? Do, do they want this? Or the parent wants it?
3: No, to? you have to make them want it.
1: <laughs>
2: no, that's the problem. <laughs> yes! Yes! That's the problem. I, that's the
3: way it works! I, I think, kids I don't think know there's, they want it! I think, there's, I think there's kids that think they want it until they have the reality check of what it is that they actually want. <laughs> so what you, you want to play basketball, sure, but do you want to work at it? Do you want to do the work that it is 90% of the time outside of game day? Um, do you, you want maybe the, the success at dribbling a basketball or how cool it looks to play football or whatever in your particular sport, but do you really want to do the work? And I think some parents have the responsibility before they put them out there to the public with a coach, with other kids maybe in the sport, the, the embarrassment that may come with it if they fail. I think parents have a responsibility to kind of give a reality check for their kids and protect them from the world's reality check by giving them kind of an at-home reality check. And I think that sometimes is what happens with those at home workouts when your dad knows what he's talking about um, yeah I, I think that, that goes into quit when I, when I say quit is not like abuse to me that's like that's the reality of, of sports like you can't just stop when you want to uh, the coach or the sport has mandates that you have to push through so I mean like I said I didn't see it as, as too harsh parenting but the kid has to want it um, in order for you to quit I don't I've never been one to like force a kid out into sports if they don't want to do it. Um, I think there's certain things as a parent you do have to force, and and regardless if your kid wants it or not, I don't think sports necessarily is one of the things that you should keep forcing your kid into if they don't necessarily want to do it. Now, if my son expressed to me at some point, I want to play basketball, this is what I want to do, and I'm like, are you sure? Okay, I'll work you out. Let's see see what you're really made of. At that point, I'm not going to listen to you say, I want to quit that first day. I'm going to push you through those limits and make sure you understand it.
1: Exactly. That's the way it is. Uh, did you see LeBron coaching his youngest in AAU ball? Oh,
3: yeah, I did. And him and Rondo, right? We're out there coaching. Yeah. Um, I t- To me, it, I feel like there's already enough pressure bring, being LeBron's son. Yeah. Like, I, I'm already living in your shadow. I'm already kind of trying to live up to something. Sometimes, and it's, I'm just, you know, outside looking in, sometimes you just want dad, you know? I don't want you to be always, you know, coach in my life. I just want my dad sometimes. And I don't think, for me, I would just say for me, um, being someone that was raised by a, an athlete and coached by his dad, I think there's definitely some complications that come with that dynamic, um, especially being LeBron James. Uh, I think it becomes a little bit more about him than about his kids. Uh, sometimes, I'm not saying that's the case, but if I was you know, Bryce or Bronny, I'd just be like, hey, Dad. Uh, let me just do this one. You know, I, I got this. Let me just be my own guy for a little bit here, and you don't have to have input on every aspect of my life all the time. There's a lot of pressure, I'm sure, that comes with that life.
1: Did any of us have uh, a dad coach?
3: <laughs> Why'd you? Love yeah, him? yeah, me. I, I did for a couple of years. Not, he wasn't my football coach. But he was my basketball coach my whole life. How'd that go? So, and I was it. Was it was rough? I the roughest part for me was I had to earn it. And I, this is not me tooting my own horn, but I was generally the best player in my high school basketball team um and there's not a lot of people that would doubt that that watched me but there was always players that you know would say like you only play because your dad's the coach <laughs> and then there was always like things that i would you know i guess get away with because i was the coach's son and it was kind of like a uh, a stereotype i guess that people threw on you when you're the coach's son um that you always had to prove yourself in practice like okay well You think that's the only reason why. Let's play one-on-one, and we'll see who wins, and that's why I'm playing, and you're not. There you go. But it's a tough dynamic, and you have to definitely be careful navigating. I'm sure for a parent, too, you have to be careful navigating it. Maybe I'll learn that lesson uh, one day. But, yeah, I I got coached by my dad, and it brought some awkward tension.
1: Adam?
2: Yeah, I mean, my dad doesn't know anything about sports. and um, Your dad's also –
1: he's very meek.
2: He's very laid back. Uh, He did try to coach one year, and I was on a very, very good baseball team. Uh, four kids went on to play. Uh, one majors, uh, three minor league. Oh wow! Um, we were really good, and he tried to coach that team. Yeah. And after about three <laughs> games, uh, one of the older brothers of uh, of a kid on our team who went, ended up in the minors, uh, his older brother was already in the minors, and he he was home for the it was winter ball. He was home for the winter, and he goes. Uh, let me take it from here.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Damn! <laughs> yes. They pulled a coup. Another yeah. family pulled a
1: coup <laughs> yeah. on your dad, and I'm sure your dad just took yeah. it. He's a very nice guy, yeah, like yeah. I said. He's he's uh, he's kind of me. Caleb Herring is with us up on ESPN, Las Vegas. We're live at the NBA Summer League at the Thomas and Mack. It's Cofield. It's Adam Hill. Adam has a good question here about. Listen, I don't want to sit here and wag a finger about aggressive driving and speeding because I'm I, I do both. Um, but with the Georgia football program, another guy got popped doing 88 and 55. Yeah. do We're just talking about parents, right? And everyone wants to play for the best. Like, Dylan Raiola just switched again, and he committed to Georgia. Do high-level recruits start to look at a program, and they're like, all right, there was another guy you know who just got drafted, but he was involved in an accident that killed two people. Um, you know, in a drag race, he wasn't driving the car. But do, do you think – parents look at cultures of programs and go eh, that ain't the right spot by the way we got about 90 seconds
3: uh i don't think necessarily parents look at cultures uh, and, and think that that's not a good spot i think there are certain things like high profile criminal cases maybe that deter parents and maybe give you something to think about but i don't think in the recruiting process you have enough information to even start to determine cultural phenomenons within the locker room. Uh, right like there's a there's a problem with with people speeding maybe at the University of Georgia. I, like if you probably put a magnifying glass on every program in the country, I'm sure that most 18 to 22 year olds are speeding in their cars. That's not something that's new to that demographic. So the fact that Georgia has a history maybe, you know the recent history of the tragedy that happened uh, around vehicles and reckless driving maybe puts a little bit more of a spotlight on it. But I'm not sure that you as a parent are able to get a sense of the culture necessarily. Um, and again, as with anything in sports, some parents don't care, like honestly, just being honest, the, per- the parents that see an opportunity for their kids at a high level school like this, probably even if there was a known culture of something, there's kind of almost the arrogance like, not my kid, my kid won't get stuck into that culture, but we're going to use this school for what it's worth. And we're going to go to this high institution because, you know, the, 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 the pros and cons, you know, the pros outweigh the cons for sure here in this situation. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be a problem for Georgia as far as recruiting goes, but definitely something that they've taken into consideration in their athletic program, whether by punishing guys or having you know seminars or whatever to try to get the seriousness of reckless driving and speeding for that program especially uh, through those young players is important. And I think uh, maybe the parents' job earlier than college is to instill those values in the parents so that they're not the ones speeding and driving recklessly when they get on college campuses.
1: Caleb, speak to you soon. I know uh, you and I are, I don't know why I said I know. I know because we're setting it up, right? You and I are taping another UNLV football podcast tomorrow. So look for that early next week. Caleb, thank you so much. All right, guys. Enjoy Summer League. There he is. Caleb Herring, former UNLV football player. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Big Four is on the way. A lot more debate about UFC versus Power Slap 3 this weekend right here on Cofield & Company.